Welcome to the Cognitive Rampage. I'm Adam Lowry, and these are the issues. The issue that I'll be talking about today is gut bacteria being linked to depression, anxiety, um, antisocial behavior, and possibly even uh, autism. I posted uh, the link to the article. It was from psychcentral.com, and it was posted by Teresa Borchard. She goes on to talk about, uh, I'll read the first, the opening, because it covers uh, some good basics, but uh, we humans have a second brain. Um, I'm not going to cover the rest of that, but talking about the second brain that is the, uh, basically what's consisted of about 100 million neurons in your uh, enteric nervous system, um, essentially your gut, right? And these, these 100 million neurons are embedded in the walls along the tube of your gut, starts at the esophagus and ends at your ass. Uh, it's approximately about nine meters. Uh, yeah, it's deeper than most pools, great. Um, as important as the neurons in your gut are the kind of bacteria that are found there. Our body is dwelling, uh, is a dwelling place for 100 trillion bacteria and other microbes collective, collectively known as our microbiome, all right? Um, they go on to basically talk about how they've linked certain bacteria, uh, healthy and unhealthy, to depression and anxiety. She goes on to talk about uh, Dr. John F. Cryan, PhD, neuropharmacologist and biome expert at University College, Cork in Ireland. He's one of the ones on the forefront studying the link between gut and brain health. He has some studies on mice is what they did. Um, they discovered that they went, when mice they discovered that when the mice are bred in sterile conditions, basically lacking of any beneficial bacteria, they don't interact with other mice and they behave with social awkwardness. Um, also, they disrupt the microbiome. The mice mimic human anxiety, depression, and autism. Essentially, if you cut off the good stuff for the good bacteria, the mice aren't happy. After seeing comorbid illnesses with certain patients, that were being tossed from one specialist to another, gastroenterologist referring to psychiatrist and vice versa. He wanted to explain the link between our intestines and our, <laughs> our intestines and our brain in order to improve healthcare. His studies provided data and new forms. Uh, I'm gonna keep going. Another pioneer in the field, Sargis Masmani, uh, PhD, uh, microbiologist at California Institute of Technology in Pasadena, was recently interviewed for the journal. Hopefully this will shift the imagination and much personal interest to a few labs because he's talking about how we get our microbiome tested. It was very expensive and only a few places did it. Now, uh, I was reading an article today from sciencenews.org that prior to American gut and ubiome, pronounced ubiome, uh, launch through some crowdfunding websites and, and Indiegogo, they'll sequence your microbiome for just under $100. Okay, for those of you, if you want to get your microbiome tested, which can also help with uh, its testing your gut, as well as you can have your uh, poop tested as well. These are other ways to check the uh, floral that's hiding in your gut at the time. You can have your mouth swabbed as well, Q-tips and a couple other reasons, but Ubiome is the one that's offering that um, more cost-effective uh, test for this so you can see where you stand. I would definitely encourage you to do this if you've been taking a lot of antibiotics. I covered antibiotics on the last issues or a few issues ago, 
uh, and the issues with taking those and, and overtaking those and what it can do to, to your gut as well as defending from superbugs. But moving on with this study, um, Dr. Masmanian, uh, some features of autism had much lower levels of common gut bacterium called bacteriotis fragiles. Yeah, because I can pronounce it. Than did normal mice. They were stressed, antisocial, and had and had the same gastrointestinal symptoms uh, found in autism. Interestingly enough, when the scientists fed the mice B. fragilis, they they reserved their symptoms. That's good. So they're being able to reverse it by giving them uh, a type of bacteria that they were lacking in. If you're skeptical of mice experiments. Uh, many studies have been indicated on human babies born through C-section have, have an increased risk for de developing allergies, asthma, diabetes, and autism. So they're linking this to the C-sections because when a child passes through the mother's vagina, they experience there or they have access to certain vaginal microbes that are there and it's critical exposure. And so without exposure to those bacteria, as soon as you enter the world, if you will, that they have linked now C-section to an increased risk of allergies, asthma, diabetes, and autism. So that's human testing instead of mice testing, if that seems to bother you. Um, now, I already told you how you can get that tested from a simple way of uh, going to like a lab core or a Quest or something. Uh, you'll have to go through your doctor and uh, ask what it is you want to get tested for. And uh, gastrointestinal, uh, especially if you have gastro, issues as well, this is a good place to start is, uh, on top of uh, doing what you're doing already, is to find out you know what kind of floral is in there. Um, this is important information, and you know if you gotta pay a little extra for it, I would suggest you do so. The information is worth every penny, especially the microbiome testing. But uh, to get back to this article here, uh, two varieties of bifidobacterium, uh, produced in his lab were more effective than Lexapro in treating anxiety. And so a certain level of this bacteria, bifa, uh, bifidome, yeah, it's me that left to pronounce it, it's B-I-F-I-D-O-bacterium. It's produced in the lab, was more effective than Lexapro in treating anxiety and depression behavior in lab mouse strained for pathological anxiety. So, uh, then she goes on to talk about taking a probiotic and how it and helped her mood, et cetera, kind of linking to it. I will definitely add to this notion of having a healthy gut equals a healthy mind. Uh, Dr. Rhonda Patrick also is a on the forefront of research and study with uh, not only gut bacteria, but as well as um, vitamin D and some other things. So uh, I would tell you, look up Dr. Rhonda Patrick on top of... Um, reading here about Teresa Borchard, who did this one. She is the host, I was telling you she hosts a show. She's the host of Project Beyond Blue. It's an online community for persons with uh, treating resistant or treatment resistant depression and other chronic mood disorders. She's a blogger for Everyday Health and the author of Beyond Blue, Surviving Depression and Anxiety and Making the Most of Bad Genes. I read another one of her articles linked to this where she talked about genes and bacteria, um, you know, the gut bacteria, and how we can actually fight some genetic implications by adjusting our floral and our bacteria inside our gut. So that's why I believe her book that I would suggest you read, Beyond Blue, Surviving Depression and Anxiety and Making the Most of Bad Genes. Um, talking about how you may have been blessed with 
certain genetics uh, that can cause certain influences. But I, like Teresa, believe that we can fight those genetic implications, not only with um, floral gut bacteria, nutrition, et cetera, uh, but also with um, environmental influence, where we put ourselves, the environments we interact with, um, environments in your mind as well, how you talk to yourself, uh, the people you put yourself around. Those are ways that I also think we can fight genes uh, on top of that. But sticking to the topic at hand, um, I really want to thank Teresa Borchard for posting this article and, and expanding on this idea. It seems to be her thing, uh, as well as Dr. Rhonda Patrick and all her work she's doing, linking gut bacteria to uh, mood, aging, uh, upon other things too. But uh, adding to that, to go a little further with the issues, this is the article here so you can see where it came from. I'm going to come back to the screen here and stop sharing. Welcome back, tribe. Uh, I was talking, I already told you about where you could get the test done. Now, I want to talk about a couple things. This also comes from Teresa. This was part of her article that was um, with this. But again, this is Teresa's thing. So again, look her up at everydayhealth.com as well. Uh, I think it's also her website too, TeresaBorcher.com. That's T-H-E-R-E-S-E-B-O-R-C-H-A-R-D. She talks about 10 ways to cultivate good gut bacteria and reduce depression at the same time. She's talking about a science called epigenetics, uh, more or less the human genome. Now, she's linking this to some depression, but I'll read some of the interesting part that I thought um, was good. I already told you about uh, her, her book, but she wrote that since there's much we can do to shape the environment within our guts, we have the control over microbiota and can compensate for the lack of control we have over our human genome. Our microbiome contains 100 times more genes than our human genome. So in fact, there is about 99% of associated genetic material that we have the potential to mold in ways that are beneficial to us. If you doubt the connection between mood and criticism, it goes on, I already talked about that, but I wanna to get to the things that you can do um, to improve your gut bacteria. Now, uh, I'm sure we'll cover taking probiotics, but you really gotta look into what the good probiotics are. There's tons of advice out there about what makes a good probiotic, uh, but I would start with your physician there, but take some questions to your physician before you go as well, because you have to line up what tests you wanna get done, write some questions down about certain probiotics, take these questions, be prepared when you see your physician so you can maximize every amount of time you spend with them. So when you're there, you know, come prepared, and that way you can leave Remember, with their recommendations, doesn't mean it's fact. Once you get some recommendations from them, you know, double check those, go farther and, and find, you know, other ways to, um, you know, and look up other opinions. But the first thing that everybody talks about these days, which I'm a huge fan of, is cutting out sugar and processed foods. Um, Diets high in sugar cause changes in the gut bacteria of mice, impairing the mice's ability to adjust to changing situations called cognitive flexibility. The change in gut bacteria also negatively affected the mice's long-term and short-term memory. So sugar and processed foods do affect your brain, memory, gut, etc. It's not just about adding on the pounds, okay? Uh, it's eating healthy and clean means a lot more than just about, you know, being in good shape or trying to um, maintain a six pack or something, okay? 
Let's see, the second one she talks about is eating more plants and dietary fiber. Um, Dr. Rhonda Patrick talks on her podcast, which is called Found My Fitness. Her most recent one, her second recent one, uh, she talks about the different types of fiber. There's different kinds of fiber to be clear. So it's not just one fiber fits all. So she's really, uh, anything I said would be in, in some form of parroting her, but look up uh, Found My Fitness, watch that podcast or listen to it. It's the second one, I think. But she links about the, she talks about the different kinds of fiber that you're really looking for, okay? Um, eating more plants as well. Uh, it maintains a, a micro uh, diversity. So the more plants and more diverse plants you can eat too. Adding kale once a day is a big thing. I do that myself. I do a kale shake once a day mixed with uh, some earth-grown nutrients that I get from onit.com, as you can see above me. Uh, I am uh, on it user, avid on it user, but um, yeah, so definitely try to work in a kale shake a day. Mix your greens in heavy uh, and diversify the greens too. Uh, Joe Rogan talks about a Hulk shake that he makes. You can look up the ingredients to that. It includes ginger, garlic, um, an apple, celery, a bunch of other things too, kale, spinach, etc. But um, the third one is limit antibiotics. That's the third suggestion that Teresa here is making. I covered that probably uh, too far in depth on the last issues or two issues ago when I was linking antibiotics to disappearing of the rainforest and palm oil, et cetera. While I'm on it, again, avoid the palm oil, save the orangutans, save some hopefully new antibiotic that exists out there to fight the superbugs. So limit your antibiotics, please. Don't take them for everything and for every little thing you get. It's bad for you. And Please don't bless your kids with them over and over and over again. You're actually doing them an injustice, okay? Well, speaking of her fourth suggestion, suggestion here, it's get dirty. The obsession with sanitation is making us sick. Ironic. So she goes on to talk about the overuse of sanitation, hand sanitizers, etc. Please also limit your use in these. Get dirty is what she's saying. You know, find yourself out there and it's okay because your body has to get used to these things. The more you keep trying to protect your your kids, you know, giving them a hand sanitizer bath every five minutes, you're doing them an injustice. Okay, so slow down, let them be dirty, let them get used to this world and all the nasty things in it so they can build up uh, an immunity to these things. Okay, she goes on to talk about how most, most gut experts say that um, we ought to be picky about the household cleaners that we use and choose to disinfect our home with. Most of them like antibiotics, they obliterate everything, which includes helpful bacteria in your body that you're breathing in. Okay, so watch out for some of the cleaners you're even using around your house. Gardening, um, some of the uh, outdoor sprays that you're using, be careful because these can do the same thing like antibiotics, obliterate everything in your body as you inhale. Um, the Sunnenberg suggests using less, less toxic cleaners such as vinegar, castle soap, or lemon juice even, okay? Limit your exposures with chemicals such as chlorine as well. Even watch your swimming, people that swim a lot every day. Be aware too, because when you're in the pool, this actually kills the bacteria on your skin. And if you swallow the chlorine water, which you do if you're a hard swimmer once in a while, this also cuts the good bacteria and destroys some floral in your gut and on your skin. So if you're a constant swimmer, think about cutting back on the swimming or finding something else other than a chlorine pool. Maybe walk down to the beach or something if you can. Number five, she suggests, take a probiotic. Like I, like I said, there's tons of them out there. I'm not gonna suggest one. I'm not a physician. 
there's tons out there and nutrition truly is an individual thing, which is why I tell everybody to start with your physician, perhaps even nutritionist, maybe even an endocrinologist and work your way down. Um, test yourself first before you start making a bunch of drastic changes to your life, before you start taking a bunch of supplements. Know what it is that you're messing with, okay? So uh, a little segment of the article she wrote out is compared to participants who received the placebo in intervention, participants, participants who received the four-week multi-species probiotic intervention showed a significantly reduced overall cognitive reactivity to sad to a sad mood, which was largely accounted for by reduced rumination and aggressive thoughts. So just simply by taking a probiotic can help you in your mood reduction, or uh, in your um, mood performance, I should say, or how you feel, and aggressive thoughts as well. So I think we're putting out enough information here to start taking some sort of probiotic. Um, she goes on to talk about which one do you take. Again, I don't wanna suggest anyone, um, you know, that's something you need to find out. See, number six she has listed, try fermented foods. I don't know, maybe on your own with that one there. I don't know, I'm from the South, man, and I grew up looking at pickled pig's feet and shit, sitting on the counters. My grandfather, I think, used to eat them too. I don't know. The gut may stop there, though. You may be, be on your own with fermented fruit, foods here. Sauerkraut, I do eat pickles. So stick with the pickles. Be careful about alcohol content and fermented, fermented drinks. Kombucha teas and kefir have a high have a high alcoholic percentage than beer. The problem that's a problem for recovering alcoholics. So watch out. So they're talking about taking things like uh, kombucha or kombucha, kimchi, kimfer, things like that, and sauerkraut as well too can add to it. Um, number seven, lower your stress when you feel, okay, lower your stress. That's all around, you know, stress is a killer by itself. You know, I like to talk to people sometimes when I'm talking about stress, if you can imagine you just bought a brand new, nice car or truck, whatever it is you love most, boat, even whatever. And each time you just put a nice paint job on it, you know, your favorite color or whatever. And each time you experience anxiety or you allow yourself to experience anxiety because you do create it in your mind, walk by that car and just bang it with a hammer real quick. Every little time. Now hit the car as hard as the anxiety feels or how, how hard the stress feels, right? How's your car look after one week, one month, one year? Think about how old you are. That's how much damage that moments of it allowed anxiety and perpetuated stress, that's the damage it can actually do to your body itself. So as, as uh, she suggests as well, lower your stress. There's a bunch of ways out there to figure out to do that. Meditation is huge. I'm a giant fan of meditation. Don't think you necessarily have to follow some sort of meditation path. I found my own way. Um, imagine that. But, you know, try it. Just get into it. Um, if you want to follow videos, try it yourself. You know, I found for me meditation wasn't about clearing my mind or quieting my mind. It was more about purging my mind, I should say. You know, for me, when I tried to quiet my mind, good luck. But when I allowed my mind to roam free and just empty out all the thoughts, when I allowed them all to just take place, no matter how bad, ugly, far-fetched, I just let them purge out. And for me, meditation helps that way. But, um, you know, you'll find your own way if you start doing it. And number eight, 
get consistent sleep. I talk about sleep a lot when I am talking. Um, this is all types of inf um, inflammatory measures, um, mood setting. If someone, uh, if you're experiencing bipolar or have been diagnosed with bipolar, et cetera, sleep is detrimental to your operation. If you come off of your sleep routine and or your daily or life routine and you um, have symptoms of bipolar or what they dub being bipolar symptomatic behavior, then you got to watch out. So your sleep is very important to what it is you're doing. Um, when cortisol levels go up in the morning, the gut bacteria inhibit production of cytokines. Cytokines, sorry. I'm trying to read it and talk at the same time. And this shift defines the transfer between non-REM and REM sleep. Hence the disruption of gut bacteria can have significant negative effects on sleep and certain rhythms. Balance the gut, breakthrough insomnia. All right, so just emphasizing the importance of sleep uh, as it adds to it. Number nine, sweat. Our gut bugs just don't, just don't like us to be lazy. They're much happier when we get an aerobic workout. A team of scientists from the University of College Cork in Ireland studied the poop of 40 professional rugby players. The results showed that athletes' microbiomes were far more diverse than those of two control groups of a normal people. All right, so the more active you are, the better for you. So um, rugby gets dirty too, so I'm sure that helps in some way. So it's talking about how active people and athletes do have a far more diverse showing uh, of certain microbiomes or bacteria. Number 10, consume less red meat and animal products. I hear this a lot. I'm a red meat eater. I ate steak last night. Hell, I ate steak on Saturday. The study is true, though. It's really out there. See, I'm still in a cognitive dissonance with a concrete belief in my red meat. I go through trials, though. My wife was a vegetarian until I met her. And then she tried my steak. Now she's not a vegetarian. I don't know. It's difficult. But the study is out there. You know, it really does uh, have an effect, you know, an increase of red meat, et cetera. So I, I can't deny those studies that are out there. But, you know, making that change, I'll make on my own. Um, I don't know. Some things to me are reward or reward versus worth it. But those are the 10 things, again, that Teresa was talking about to do. I covered a, a few things. Again, this article that I'm reading is from everydayhealth.com. It was an extension of Teresa. Borchard's article that I was covering the beginning uh, that I was covering from uh, that I covered at the beginning sorry and pick up her book as well um, it is I'll go to it again get down my bottom so I can give her her shout out Teresa Borchard B-O-R-C-H-A-R-D and she's the host of Project Beyond Blue, online community for persons with treatment-resistant depression and other chronic mood disorders. She blogs her everyday health, obviously, where I was just reading from, and she's the author of a book we were talking a lot about, Beyond Blue, Surviving Depression and Anxiety and Making the Most of Bad Genes. Pick that book up. Um, mine's on the way here. So read into it. I hope you enjoyed uh, talking about the issues. Tribe, if you have anything to say um, or want to add to this, uh, I'm doing this live now, but uh, when you see the post go up, just add a comment to it because I'm always checking the post to see if anybody's commenting or has any questions. 
I will be commenting all week on the issues. Uh, if you're hearing this on the podcast, do the same. Uh, find us on Facebook. You can just search Cognitive Rampage on Facebook. You can search uh, Cognitive Rampage or Adam Lowry Com on Twitter and uh, AdamLowry.com or CognitiveRampage.com are the two websites you can find this at. But find that post if something here we talked about um, triggered something or triggered a rampage in you or if you have some suggestions too. If it has worked for you, if it hasn't worked for you, what food you do, how you eat, um, add this to the post because the more people we get involved uh, with the issues, the more people I think we can help and the more opinions, the more rampages we have on these types of posts, the more we can create the discussions and find the truth and find the information and help each other because that's what the tribe of change is all about. Instigating truthful changes and loving everybody in life and loving everybody's right to have their own rampage about things and own opinions because other people's beliefs and research, this is how we grow. You know, just like uh, Teresa Borchardt here's helped us all grow a little bit today, but thanks for joining me on the Cognitive Rampage of the Issues. Hope you're taking care of you. Hey, I want you to check out uh, another podcast that I listened to uh, with two friends of mine. Uh, that's my buddy Chris Fisher and his friend Jesse Cage in the FNK podcast. You can catch them at um, fisherandcage.com, but uh, look them up on iTunes. They're a great podcast. I love listening to the fellas each week, but that's the FNK podcast. 